The following conversation is intended for mature audiences only. Those under the age of 18 or without a sense of humor, listener discretion is advised. There are all sorts of ways in which we love to do this. Open up the mic. You know what I'm saying? To the Mate Dates podcast, we're talking about The Last of Us 2, it'll follow up on our review, which was mostly spoiler free, but now we're going balls deep into spoilers, so if you do not want them, get out, get out before the getting it gets good, alright, so let's do it, so, so I think when we left off, we talked a little bit about the story, we're going to talk a lot about the story now, but before we do that, maybe we should just give our general sort of thoughts given that we have finished it and i get the i get the feeling you should go first because you were you were sort of you, you had played a lot more than me when we did our first conversation and it seemed as if you were um struggling to keep it all in so do you want to do you want to do want to give your sort of uh overall review and maybe go into whatever points you were you think are most uh relevant to start us off okay yeah um I mean, I'm I'm far more interested to see. Although I'll share my my point of view, I'm far more interested in what you have to say because. Oh, we'll get there. You were like, you said you were about ten to twelve hours in or something. Yeah. So time? so let me be specific. I was at the part where Ali is traveling to the hospital to torture Nora. I think Nora. That that was right. So yeah, that's yeah, exactly Nora. Where I was. Yeah. Yeah, she was that kind of. Uh, she was a bit snarky and. Yes. Yeah. And and, and yeah. so just to, I'll just before I throw it back to you there, just to make it very clear, the game is more or less split into thirds. We could talk about Act One, the mm. intro, Ellie Seattle from her point of view, Act Two, Abby Seattle from Abby's point of view. So we get to see what happens post the death of Joel from Abby's perspective in Seattle, and then we have Act Three, which could be summed up as California slash farm. Slash kind of, yeah, the rest of it, in yeah. a way. Yeah. So, so, yeah, go ahead. Okay, um, so just kind of, yeah, overall um, and general thoughts. Um, now, I hope that we can spoil another game here as well uh, that is in the form of Red Dead Redemption 2. Sure. Because I see a lot of parallels, um, especially with the way that it impacted me. You know, after finishing this game... I had a very similar feeling to when I finished Red Dead 2, which you finished as well, right? Or you no. got really close. I, I look honestly, I actually did not get that far in the story. I, okay. I, it was okay. I, I surprisingly did not get that attached to that game. So no, I actually don't. Okay. Know. But feel free to spoil it. I don't care. After finishing Red Dead 2 and um, analogously this game, um, there was just there's just this really like unavoidable feeling of a void. Um, that, you know, with other games that I finish, I already have some sort of an idea as to where I'm going to go next, right? Like, oh, I finished this game. Oh, I would like, like, a palate cleanser and go to a, you know, a, a, a lighter game or something like that. Or, 
Oh, it's Red Dead 2. I can't even really remember what I did. No, that's right. After Red Dead 2, because it came out at the end of 2018. And then uh, it was in November, and I think I fin- it took it took so long to finish that. And I know this is a Last of Us 2 spoiler cast, so I'll, I'll stop rambling on about Red Dead. But <laughs> at the end of... When I fi- finished that, it was just about Christmas time um, in 2018. Right. And then 2019... I started reading a bunch. So that's actually what happened to me then. It had a really profound effect on my life. It was in in ways that I never thought could happen, right? <laughs> Bet you pick up a book. <laughs> I picked up a book and I picked up several more after that. So, and then uh, last that. year, yeah, I read more books than I played games. Was it, it out of nostalgia fun. for the Old West, maybe? You thought like, oh, I need to get some bloody paper in my hands. <laughs> It's kind of, yeah, maybe. I, uh, yeah, I can see that. Uh, okay. And then similar to this game as well. It's it's not a very, you know, it's not a cyberpunk. It's a very kind no. of basic, grounded experience, isn't it? Yeah. And, yeah, that's kind of where I feel like now. And, and especially with this game, it has a big focus on guitar playing. So I have been trying to play more oh. songs. I'm trying to play that one from The Last of Us, Future Days. You know the one that uh, Joel sings at the start, sings to Ali at the start of the game. Brought this in after. Oh mate, I did oh. the same thing. I thought, oh, I gotta have another go after that. Yeah. Awesome. Hey, we're gonna organize a jam sesh after oh. this at some, some point. Yeah, I can't do um, fuck all though, but yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I can't do fuck all. We'll, we'll figure it out. Uh, Man, chords are hard. Like, the... no, they are. Oh. They are. They hard. are. But, but it's all practice. It's yeah. all practice. I mean, you know. Imagine you're in the pandemic, which yeah. is not hard to imagine, right? No. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, there's really nothing else. So yeah, let's let's pick up a cut guitar and jam away and um, kind of relive those moments. Um, it's a beautiful song. Uh, how it starts off with how Joel sings, um, "If I were to lose you, yes. I'd surely lose myself." And I feel like you know that rings true throughout the whole story. You know. Um, Ellie ah. loses Joel, and she's lost. She doesn't know what to do. Her only motivation is to go after the one that killed Joel um, at all, you know, whatever it costs. And I think it's a very... I mean, for me, the story was the main driver of this game. The gameplay was, was great. It held up. Um, and it never really... I don't know... It was the last game I played, so it's kind of like it is. It is very fresh in my head still, but it didn't feel like it dragged on too much. Where I was like, oh, I've got to get back to the story. Okay. Um, I thought it was paced well. I, yeah, I, I agree. I think it, it could have been a little better, but right. a lot of people are having um, uh, their sticking point is that the pacing is just horrible, and I don't. I don't really um, see. The, I don't really like. Yeah, agree with that. Mm-hmm. You know, they're bringing up. Um, you know, you know the. I, I can't help but think of the example of Beyond Two Souls. Yeah, remember when that game came out and the pacing of that game was like insane. It was so sporadic. Yeah, you're, you know, you were Alan Page when you're five year old, five years old, and then you go thirty years old, and then you go back to eight years old, and then you, so it's like it's so all over the place and such a hodgepodge and a little bit of a mess. And right. that's why the ending of that game got lost on a lot of people. Right. And Last, of is, 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 Last of Us is similar in that it jumps around, 
but it's it's nowhere close to as being confusing and mm. as ridiculous as that game was. And I feel like one thing that needs to be said, I totally agree with the pacing point you make. I think the mm. pacing was pretty good throughout the whole game in terms of the story beats. The gameplay, I will absolutely have to admit here, got very... Like, there are some instances that are just, like, absurd. Like, four clickers and, a, and two boomers, and it's like, and a bloater. It's like, come on, mate. And so... Dude, you're playing on normal. No, well, not even, dude. I went down. I, I, had to, <laughs> I had to get through this game. I had to be like, fuck it. Because some, some of these, like, fights were taking me way too long. So, look, I, I'm, yeah, I'll, I'll admit that. I'm ashamed of that, but I'll admit that. No, that's fine. Hey, look, but, you but, know, uh, it, it's, it's definitely more in my wheelhouse. I've, I played um, the first one quite recently, the first part, and I played that in Survivor, and I got through that. Oh, so okay. maybe I had more of a Last of Us mindset so. going into I this. I think so, yeah. But, but yeah. So I totally agree with the pacing. The only thing I would say is that Act 3 is when I would make some criticisms because the whole mm. farm thing... It's, look, if the game ended at the farm, like the first time you get to the farm, which is directly after Seattle and, and when Abby confronts the Ellie crew, um, you know, if the yeah. game ended there, I would have been pretty upset, actually. And it's funny because I, I was I was reading people saying, oh, this was the perfect ending. I thought, no, if it ends here, I'll be pretty livid because this is not a resolution at all. Um, I thought it was a dream <laughs> sequence for the when she's in the barn. I'm like, this has to be like, a, you know, but but th- so mm, did, the story too didn't too do true. It's too happy of an ending for this whole world, right? Like, that's it what just, you mean? Yeah, it didn't didn't make sense. But then too it, much it, of a fairy tale. It's like, where did this come from? Right. It was so serious and grounded, and then all of a sudden we're we're able to just live out our days. That's oh, right. great. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. 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 I like that. And the pacing, I think, really starts to get a little choppy once we get to California. But I'm I'll, like, let's let's go like in a linear fashion. So we'll stay with Act One. I'll I'll speak more about right. that when we get to it. But um, yeah. So so say more about uh, Act One in terms of the story. I've heard a lot mm. of people say in terms of criticisms here because I mostly agree with you. I thought. The story was very engaging. The story beats, they all made sense. A, a lot mm. of people are critiquing the fact that it's very basic in terms, of, in terms of the theme of vengeance. You know, it kind of went where I was thinking, where you would get a backstory about Abby and you start to sympathize with her. And oh, I, thought, ooh, yeah, yeah. I thought it was executed really well, but I have heard so many people say that because of the theme being so basic, they couldn't even, like, begin to get into it. And I've even heard people phrase it as if, like, the game tries to get you to sympathize with Abby as opposed to just playing through her life and naturally sort of just being more sort of uh, sympathetic to this character. Yeah. And I think it's, we'll get to Act 2 in a little bit, but yes, say more about um, that, that point about like Joel's death not being fair and mm-hmm. the, the theme of vengeance not being good enough for this game. There's honestly so much to talk about this, with this game, so I'm glad you, that we're breaking it up and and being a bit more linear than the story is, actually. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, so there's criticisms about, oh, Joel didn't get a fair death, and, you know, we love Joel, so why did they kill him? And they just, yeah, they ruined it. I don't know. I think So I think the game really plays with your expectations, and it really doesn't want to fall into those expectations, because, yeah. you know, it wants to challenge you. It's like, it. it's, it's self-aware. That's the way I see it. Like, um, killing off Joel is was really bold, I thought, especially with the, the part one being all about Joel and Ellie, and especially with Joel, like, almost dying by the end of part one, in Left Behind, he's, like, half dead as well, I mean, it's a wonder why he's actually still alive, he's a pretty old man, and, um, and, like, so, yeah, it, it, 
the way it starts off, you, you think you know where it's going. I feel like I thought, yeah, it's going to be this kind of... this, And, and, and that's, the, that's the expectation. It's this story of Ellie finding Abby, killing her, and then the game ends, I suppose. So, right. I don't know. The revenge is kind of um, satiated. and um, But, yeah, so part one... Well, can I just kind of say that, like, at that point, so, yeah. as you said, the, like, the whole point of Joel's death is that it sets up this first act in being a very emotional for the player. Like, I felt it, I, I mentioned it in our first, our first talk, like, mm. when that scene happened, it's like, okay, I'm in. I'm going to kill every single one of you fuckers, and I'm going to love it, because that's what this game yeah. is about. Now, in the back of my mind, I had a suspicion that there's going to be another layer here that's going to be about questioning that initial reaction. But that initial mm. reaction was still real, and it still was enough of a motivating force to begin the story. And I think uh, people who say that that was not a good way of doing it are just kind of, you know, they're just maybe too attached to their version of Joel. That they and and, and I love that they did a bait and switch with the trailer at one point. So yeah. apparent, I didn't watch the trailer, so I didn't know this. But apparently, like Joel's voice was in one of the trailers at a point later in the game where it turns out to be Jesse, uh, where, where like he, he, oh. comes up, he comes up behind Ellie and says, you think I'd let you do this alone? And in the trailer, it's, it's done as Joel, but I think in the game it's Jesse, so that's, again, playing with the expectations. I love that shit, but a lot of people mm. are offended by it, I guess. But one, one criticism, what do you think of this, that people mm. have made that I am somewhat sympathetic to, is that Joel and Tommy... So, so there's this zombie frenzy that they're dealing with. They run into this straggler. The straggler, they save her, and she helps them. And then she says to them, we can go back to my hideout. She knows that it's Joel. She knows what she's going to do. And then Joel and Tommy fall for it. They go into this room and immediately introduce themselves quite casually. And yeah. because they are so frivolous and casual and basically comfortable with these stragglers, these strangers... Like, one criticism I have heard people make is that the Joel we got to know in the first game could not fall for this bullshit. Like, he was so skeptical, he was so ruthless, and he, and he's a, like, he didn't trust anyone, and now all of a sudden, he is friendly with these people, and my, my, I actually, I think that's, there's some merit to that. Naughty Dog could have done a bit of work in setting it up a bit better, because Joel does die in literally the second scene of the game that you see him in. So maybe they could have had a scene or two where you get to see that he's more trusting, he's more vulnerable, and that sets it up a little better. But what do you think of that, um, of that being maybe done not to the best? I, I still think that the point of setting up the story was was well executed, but perhaps maybe that's why it feels so abrupt in some ways is that it doesn't mm. it doesn't but i could understand joel living in this community for four years mellowing out i could understand that yeah that, that that's where my mind goes immediately um that he has softened up and that he's willing to trust people you got to think about the context in which like they were so casual so you know, they just escaped a horde. Right, and... they were fleeing as well. It's not just that yeah, and so thing. they're probably just in this state of relief, and yeah, maybe a, a little bit more leaning to the side of tr of unconditional trustworthiness. Mm. Um, I, I I don't get the point where where people say oh, we didn't play with Joel much. He was he's in the second scene. He dies. He, they rip us away, rip him away so quickly. And I didn't expect that and all this. <laughs> and it's like, oh, I've heard someone say, uh, 
you know, oh, for new players, they don't even know who Joel is. It's like, why are you no, new, no new players should be playing this yeah, game. Yeah, what are you doing here? <laughs> the, the only players playing this game should have played the first yes. one, gotten to know Joel, and then go into the second one with that expectation. So it's like, if they had strung that along any longer, I would have felt like it would have been just drawn out for no real apparent reason. If they're going to kill him, just just get it over with and then, yeah, have it on Ali's story and, and you know, Abby's story too. So, so, so what did you uh, think about the switch and, like, that moment of... Because you alluded to it before and you were saying that the pacing was, was good and, yeah, I'm, I'm wondering... Did it, did it throw you off guard? Because you said that you, you kind of saw it coming. Yeah. No, it, it didn't really. I mean, I didn't think you would be playing as Abby. I thought maybe you would get some sort of story. But, but, that, but, but like, essentially, my suspicion was that they'd do that in a small way. They did it in a big way, right? Mm. You play as her for more or less a half or a third of the game. And I yeah. love that as well. It's, it genuinely feels like you're playing in a different body. You've got, you know, I, this, yeah. this is actually when I had to go to easy because I didn't realize how much I relied on the shiv to kill uh, infection. <laughs> yeah, that, that switch play, the, the butterfly knife. Yeah, had. when you're playing as bulked up Abby with, you know, muscle yeah. muscle man, you can't just be, you know, <laughs> digging those zombies. It doesn't work. They just bite your hands and stuff. So you can't just be giving them digs all day. You actually have to be more stealthy. Um, Abby has much better weapons, in my opinion. Way, way more fun. Um, so that's, that's you know, fun as well. But yeah, they, they definitely thought, thought about it from the gameplay perspective, which I really enjoy. Uh, but from the story point, yeah, I think the whole idea of, first of all, basing the story off of a death, off of an NPC in the first game, again, for, for, for whatever you want to critique that for, it is very bold to do that. It's very bold to go back and sort of rewrite the history a little bit because I don't think they had this planned when, when Joel kills the surgeon in the first game. It's not as if they had all this foreknowledge and, and it's worth noting that at the end of the first game, they said, this is the end. There's no more Last of Us. This is just... Mm. So, so clearly this is, the, this is a retrospective change um, that I think works pretty well. And... Again, it brings up these questions about what what did Joel do? What was what was the ethics of what he did? Did he do the right thing? And we start to play as uh, we start to experience what Joel did from Abby's point of view. Now mm-hmm. we not only get to see uh, her father being killed from from her point of view when she's around Ellie's age. We then go into the future where we're playing as her in Seattle. And her story is largely about... So, so this is the interesting thing, right? From Ellie's point of view, Joel gets murdered. You're just filled with this vengeance that you're seeking. And you essentially more or less get to have it in killing all of her friends and all the people that were in the room. And they hinted this a little bit. When Ellie confronts these characters, a lot of them say, we spared you. Like, we didn't, we didn't do anything mm. to you. Why... Of course, from Ali's point of view, this this is is completely irrelevant. You killed her father, more or less, her surrogate father, and she's not she's not going to listen to reason, right? This is this is what <laughs> vengeance is, and and in a lot yeah. of ways, Ellie in the first act is where Abby is before the game, right? In that in that sort of pre-game sense, right? So, I think when we cut back to Abby, Seattle day one, we start to see that actually she isn't very satisfied with what happened 
her friends see her differently. Like, she, like some of them, some of them are okay with her. I think her mm. uh, her Spanish uh, poon hound. I can't remember his name, but the one that's always making sex jokes, and he sort of is okay with her. But, but actually, you know, Mel and a couple other of her friends see her kind of a little more viciously now because they witnessed her do this. Um, her relationships yeah. are different, and I think you start to see that Abby has has gotten a cost. That there is a cost to the vengeance that Abby. Uh, inflicted on Joel. There is a cost to it, and you start to see the cost from Abby's point of view. And as you play as her, I think you do start to get more... If, if you're open to it, if, you, if you're just so blinded by the fact that Joel's dead, it's not fair, I'm playing as his killer, and I don't like it, um, maybe you don't experience this, but from my point of view, I, di- I did start to see Abby as, you know, a different character. You start to see her more... Um, her compassion, right? Her story, Her story is a lot about the power of compassion, the power of caring for your enemy. You know, she's saved by two of the Seraphites, who are the religious cult that the WLF are fighting, Abby's crew. And this awakens a, a new thing for her. So what did so what did you make of, of her story in Act Two and especially the themes that they try to promote there, where like her story really is about, you know, letting go and finding compassion when you actually know where it's heading, which is she's going to have to find all of her friends murdered by you previously. Mm, mm, yeah, so right. It's an interesting thing to play with, isn't it? Yeah. And I, yeah, and that's it. Like, we, we keep coming back to it. They did it so well. Like, they started out, they knew everyone loved Ali, so you can play out that vengeance story and kill all her friends and, and do all that and feel justified doing it. so, yeah. right? Yeah. You, you feel like... This is it. This is right. Um, they killed Joel. I'm just, yeah, I'm just going to lash out. This you, is great. <laughs> this is what video games are all about. Just, un, like, uh, unfiltered violence almost, right? Like, just, yeah. Just not really out, sec- yeah. Not really asking questions. Just doing it. Just going with, your, going with your gut. And it's not until you switch and you actually play and walk a, light, walk a mile in her shoes, in Abby's shoes I'm talking about now, that you really can see that, hold up, maybe Ali's the bad guy as well. You know, the first game at the end of that, the question comes up that's like, was Joel really justified in stopping the the cure uh, just to save Ali? Right. Like, that was already an eyebrow raise there, but then, you know, what Ali did and really just gave in to her emotions, maybe that wasn't justified either, and, and you really... And I don't know that the game the de- the game definitely does a great job at that. But people, some people are seeing it in the way that um, that the game has tried to make me love Al- uh, Abby after portraying her as the enemy. Right. And it's like oh, they they tried to make me hate her, and now they're trying to make me love her. And it's like I don't know if the game's really doing that. It's, right. It does it in such a way where it feels organic and natural to me, at least. So, so I actually agree with you, and I, I find it strange when people phrase it like that, like the, as if as if Naughty Dog have some agenda. Because to me, um, it, and I think you know, it'd be interesting to live in a counterfactual world without the spoilers getting leaked. You know, maybe right. maybe we're not as obsessed with Naughty Dog's politics, but it seems like somehow that became a part of it. And for a lot of people, they they for some reason can't go into it without just putting you know whatever conspiracy they have about the uh you know why the story is the way it is and just because i i just 
I don't know, maybe, yeah, maybe we're both retarded, but we just experienced the story as it was and enjoyed the game. And um, I think as well with Ellie, you know, what you said about Joel, yeah, this, I think you said in our first talk as well that, you know, it was kind of fan service, but I think it's fan service in the best way because it answers a lot of questions that I think a lot of us had. Like the idea that we went, there was a flashback where Ellie goes to the hospital on her own. This is, I think, two years before the events of the start of the game. And so uh, she says to Joel, this this starts a rift in their relationship, essentially, where she doesn't know what to think. She doesn't know what to make of this fact that he did this thing and now she knows for sure that he did. He's honest with her about it. He tells her. I think as well, a lot of people approach this game with the idea that they kind of already figured out the ethics of the first game i was never really sure about it i think that's the interesting mm. question that like it was never really sure what was the right thing to do i was more convinced at the beginning of finishing the first game that's the dumbest thing i've ever phrased uh, <laughs> I, I, at the end of the first game um i actually was more in the camp of this was a horrible thing for, for joel to do completely immoral mm. and you know ellie could have saved the world and he he stole that from not only her but from the fireflies and murdered them all in the process but as i as i stewed on the game for even like years um yeah. it, i did well, come seven to, years yeah yeah i mean you had a lot of time um i actually did become much more sympathetic to the idea especially when you go back and you look at the the, the kind of documents that were there. It wasn't clear that the surgeon knew what he was doing. And even then, now that we know that it's Abby's dad, we actually get to see the scenes where they talk about it. It's not as if they're 100% certain that they can do it. It's just that the whatever whatever vaccine is embedded in Ellie's neural chemistry, they have to kill her to get to that. And so they don't actually know if it's, if it's going to work. And so mm-hmm. that really brings up the question of, from Joel's point of view, you're going to kill this person and you're not even sure that you know you're going to... Uh, find a solution and I think the big question looming over the game is Joel did this from an act of love for her and so from her point of view she is seeking this vengeance for Joel's uh, death and for the fact that Abby killed him but on some level she has to reconcile the fact that he has earned he has in some ways he has this coming to him and he accepted those consequences when he chose to save her and so that's uh maybe when we get to act three we can talk about that a little more but before we do that um just on act two we end with abby finding her friends dead uh, after coming back oh well actually let's say this first that she um encounters as i mentioned before two seraphites uh called lev and yara yara and she goes on a journey with these and essentially it communicates the same message that we've been getting about abby which is look there are humans on all sides of this thing and even though this is this is the crew that were basically like carving people inside out throughout the whole game even they have people who are just humans who are just trying to live a life and they don't want to be caught up in the chaos of this world but but again yeah another theme here is that there are no heroes here there are just people trying to survive and that creates a kind of a more violent brutal person and so there's definitely a parallel here between abby and ellie but i think there's also a parallel that's been talked about between abby and joel being the mentor to lev and i think that plays into how the game ends quite quite well so what do you make of abby's journey going with lev and yara and and even saving lev on the uh, seraphite island that they're all on and yara dying in the process what did you think of those story beats did they 
have the same emotional connection there as like you know Joel and all that yeah and, and that's part of the criticism too it's like oh the game was expecting me to feel something for Abby whereas I, I really hated it and hated every moment just playing as her and it's like oh just this I don't know I feel like you, you're too um, hung up on <laughs> the fact that you're not playing as Abby and then <laughs> yeah yeah it, you're too in denial that there's no one better than Ali out there. I don't know. I feel like you have to suspend your beliefs and to just kind of, yeah, take it as it comes and to actually really see things objectively too, right? Like, with Abby, she did make that conscious decision to only kill Joel and to let everyone go because everyone else is innocent and they have no part in it in a way, right? And um, that does shine through with everything that Abby does. Like, when you're playing her, you like you realize, and it's like, wow, I'm not filled with vengeance here. I'm, I'm really just uh, out here trying to do my thing, and yeah, there is a lot of compassion that just kind of emanates from her, especially when she adopts and and uh, takes Yara and Lev under her wing, being from the opposing faction. And and it's should like, we mention that she is the top killer at at the yes you know, it, she the... is the top Seraphite killer mm-hmm. and and yeah I mean that that plays into her um, body physique too right like when you do play as younger Abby she's skinnier and everything um, and she's not as built but you know playing her as her in more of a modern present contemporary time <laughs> she is you know she's got some muscle on her she's Mate, probably she's bulked yeah she's bulker than both of us combined so, <laughs> so, <laughs> no and and it stands to reason there's no transgenderism about that I, like people just oh, no. point the finger and and, and uh accuse her of that it's really? not like it's a bad thing but right yeah <laughs> i missed this i didn't even know yeah. oh my god that's <laughs> it so goes funny. so deep the everyone's conspiracy theories honestly well actually but, i actually thought that think was about uh, the story go, go think on, about yeah. the story right like like you said the ser- she's the number one seraphite killer she she kills the most scars and, and that's their like you know derogatory name i suppose but um yeah and it, like and when you're playing as her like you alluded to before you are a different character you have different abilities and i felt like I didn't even need Ali's butterfly knife sometimes. I had all the muscle I could just go in there and clobber people. I felt like a tank. <laughs> yeah. You know? Like, yeah, so... Uh, uh, yeah, like... Uh, with um, Yara and Le- Lev, it's like... Wow, there's really... She saw that they were from the opposing faction, but they did... Um, you know, they saved her life. Um and she saw the human nature in that. She saw, you know, how their compassion, and she was able to get on their level, right? She, she was able to tune into that wavelength and realize that these people aren't a threat, and they could be allies. And so, it's no surprise that, like, you know, she even says that she's kind of doing it out of a guilt, but that that's the whole point, is that she is developing... As a, as a person, you know, she's been stuck in this... Maybe she was the top killer because she's been stuck in this sort of vengeful mode for so long. And oh, I think a lot of this story has to do with the fact that it's not satisfying. Like, so so what happens when uh, Ellie, at the end of the events of... Uh, sorry, at the end of Act 2 with Abby, mm. she actually spares Ellie again, right? Right. And, and, and not for... And Dina. And Dina, but not because she's had some epiphany of compassion. It's because Lev is there and she 
beg he begs mm. her not to. And actually, it's funny that you mentioned the, the trans thing about Abby because I didn't see that, but uh, Lev is a trans character in this world. Yeah, and apparently, yeah, yeah, uh, girl to boy uh, trans male in the world and he shaves his head and that's why apparently uh that's not a that's not i can't do that um but i actually thought it was no coincidence at all that the three primary characters that we're sympathizing with are either trans in this case or tomboys right it's i Mm. i i I thought it was immediately obvious that abby's tomboyish nature is supposed to resonate with ellie because that's exactly how she's been throughout the whole first game and like so so i actually thought that was very intelligently done and the idea that now we have another young sort of uh like a model relationship that's that's going on it's like you can see how they're playing into this idea um about mentorship and about like you know uh taking someone under your wing in a compassionate way through this horrific world which is what joel did to ellie even though Joel had his own tragedy with his own daughter, which put him on his own dark path, right? The Joel we the Joel we meet at the start of Last of Us is nowhere close to being the Joel that we finished the game with because he's gone under this journey of learning about his own compassion again, finding, you know, in the first game, he actually tells Ellie at one point, I'm never going to sing for you or something, or she, or she wants him to sing, and he's like, I'm not going to do that. Mm. And we start and the, the second the sh- game with him singing to her. So clearly, like, like I think a lot of the players don't understand that these characters change. It's not as if, it's not mm. as if these mm. characters have some static, uh, like thing. It's like Joel might have softened. Abby might have changed after the events of killing Joel. I think even when we see the killing of Joel from Abby's point of view, it also, you know, it's still horrific. But seeing mm. her facial expression, I think when you're playing it from Ellie, you you're seeing it from the perspective of her on the ground, but when you see it from Abby, you're zooming in on her face as they're dealing with Allie, and you're sort of looking at her face, and it's not really clear that she's happy. Like, it's not clear. Yeah. So, so, you, so again, it's playing with this idea that vengeance is never this satisfying thing, and maybe it's a, it's a boring, basic story trope to say, oh, cycles of vengeance, her, der. But I think if it's done really, really well, which it was, and you really, really feel the emotions that they were going for, then it does land in a very in a very well done way. And so let me ask yes. you this. At the end of Act Two, Abby spares Ellie and then Ellie wants revenge again. She goes to the farm and we think there's some resolution. She is living with Dina. Did this surprise you that she couldn't really drop it after two times letting her go? Um, do you have anything to, to remark on there? Like I thought she had, but it wasn't until Tommy came and was like hey, I know where she is, and she's just like, ding, all right. But, uh, you know, yeah, it, it is this just overarching story and theme of, like, of the vengeance, and it's like, oh, it's, you know, and it does play with the human condition, right? Like, yeah. in your mind, in that situation, if you were Ellie, yes. you would truly believe that killing Abby is the solution to all your problems, yes, yes, yeah. right? And and it's it's wonderful how it does that, and... You know, I feel like by the end of it, you're just like, yeah, nah, vengeance wasn't the right way to do it. Ali, you're, you're an idiot, or, you know, you fell victim to your emotions, and um, we can learn from that in a way. But with, uh, with, them, with Ali at the farm, there wasn't something quite right, was there? And she was, she was struggling to sleep. She was having these uh, PTSD flashbacks. Um the reason I bring uh, uh, related to Red Dead as well is that 
this farm sequence I feel like would not have existed if it weren't for Red Dead. Red Dead one or two though. This is number two. Okay. With um, after Arthur dies, you play as John and you have just built in your farm. And it was a much longer sequence, so this one was a whole lot more compact. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people had issues with the Red Dead 2 on that, being like, geez, five, you know, six, seven hours on a farm, I'm like milking a cow, building a fence. (laughs) And it's like, it's so boring. But the way I saw it was like, wow, we're actually like out there, you know, living the humble, wholesome life, trying to just make our way. And then, you know, you... You actually build your farm and all that, but you, like you build it from scratch and you, you live out a whole story there. So, but here it's more like, yeah, you got to round up the sheep um, yeah. with the dog, was it? Uh, no, yeah, with the um, something like that. Yeah, you're I don't on like a you're on a tractor. I don't know something like that. You are on a tractor at one point, looking out at the sunset. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know, like even when you get the sheep into the barn and then the, the flashback happens, it's like nothing she is doing, not even living that simple life is really ticking those boxes and actually tying the knot on her issue, which is this obsession with revenge, right? And and then just Tommy coming along and, and doing that, even though Dina was very vehemently against that, which I loved. I, I really enjoyed the fact that Dita was able to just say and stick up for Ali and, and really just kind of protect the lifestyle that they have. Um, but it still got through to Ali and she still, this is it, she couldn't shake it. So it was it this really um, yeah. unshakable urge that she had and she had to just see it through. And um, yeah, like, uh, I don't know, what are your thoughts on the farm sequence? Yeah. I So initially the farm sequence, as I mentioned, was like, yeah, just like it felt that's where the pacing did feel a little weird. Like, from everything from the start to Seattle, I thought was very well paced, felt very good. The only exception, maybe, would be going to the Seraphite Island was a little little wonky. And I think where Isaac's stories, uh, where, where Isaac's story ends is a little weird, and I'll, I'll come back to that in Act 3 um, mm. when we get to the California segment. But this part of the game is interesting because Ellie can't drop the fact that, that she has this vengeance for Abby, even though she's... Abby spared her two times. She has already accumulated a massive cost in this quest. She's lost Jesse. Uh, she has, you know, to- Tommy is another representation of that. I feel like because he comes in, he's deformed, he's limping. Um, How is he alive? Honestly, he's also talking about divorce, right? So, so clearly his he got life... shot in the head. <laughs> yeah, I reckon. Um, but even his life has taken a very negative turn in pursuit of this this sort of unsatiable quest for wanting to avenge Joel. And I think it's supposed to highlight that even with all of this in play, she still cannot drop it. And I think that's because she lost the fight, right? It's not as if she had a choice. Mm-hmm. She she lost a fight with Abby. And I feel like that's significant. That's what people don't... Because people are very... Where, where this game ultimately ends up is Ali spares Abby. Now, people have... People, I've seen people say things like, it should have been a choice. I should have been allowed to kill her because, um, you know, maybe, maybe I didn't go through this journey. I didn't agree with it. And so, therefore, I'm allowed to kill her. Or I've heard other people just say outright, it should just be Ellie killing Abby. Or, or like, you leave her on the cross and then you just walk away. What people, I think, <laughs> miss there is that Ellie when she's at the farm she can't drop this feeling because it's not as if she had a choice to let abby go 
when she's in Seattle. She lost a fight, and a vicious fight at that. One where Abby could have, again, killed Dina and Allie and, be, and could have been done with it. And yeah. I think it's also significant, too, the last thing that Abby says to Allie is, don't let me see you ever again. Mm. In, a, in, a, in a very threatening manner, right? As if, I will kill you, this is your last chance. And so Ellie can't drop it. She goes into this quest. She goes to California. This is where I'll say my last thing about the gameplay. The pacing here is very fucking weird, honestly. I don't yeah. understand why we needed to introduce a whole new crew of, I think they're the Rattlers or something, but they had to be like slaveholders. It was all, it felt a little oh, contrived yeah. there at the end. I don't think we needed to go to California. I, this is where I bring in Isaac. I think it would have been all right to have ellie liberate abby from isaac in some way so isaac might have captured abby and then ellie needs to kill isaac to i think because isaac then has a much more significant role otherwise he's just this throwaway character which okay fair enough but i just feel like isaac would have been a nice final boss as opposed to just random californians um so we go to california do you want to jump in no yeah i I kind of agree with that um i never really yeah i never really uh, thought about it that way um Especially since Isaac is feels a bit underused yeah. as a character, for sure. Um, yeah. Well, there's, no, only, there's only two scenes where he's in, like you actually see him, and all the notes, like you hear, you read all these notes that he's committing these, you know, genocides, and he's very vicious according to all these this material, and it just feels like. And Abby was once servile to him. It, it would have been interesting to see her go through that own her own transformation with him, and then to have Ellie liberate her from her past there could have been like a thing there that was interesting but regardless they chose to um have abby be a sort of slave for however long it's not really clear how long um in terms of the months how how many have passed and so ellie goes to this these slave holding californians abby tries to escape from her uh cell in california and because of this they string her up on the beach and it's very brutal they're sort of you sort of see all these people that tried to escape um just being left for dead on these pikes sort of in a jesus-like fashion and um so she, she goes down to the beach and she frees abby straight away and now a lot of people are upset about that because they want it to be a choice as i said before or they just think that like the ending shouldn't be about abby coming to or rather ellie coming to terms with her vengeance for abby and letting it go which is ultimately what the ending is about so yeah, as I said before, Abby says to Ellie, don't let me ever see you again. But the first thing she does when she gets cut down is go to Lev's aid, is to is to uh, help Lev get off his pike and take care of him. And then all of a sudden, Ellie seems at that point, it seemed like from my perspective, tell me what you think about this, she, she decides not to kill her at that point. Like, she actually just walks away. And it seems like she might just leave. And as a player, you're kind of thinking, well, why did we what's why am i doing all this like if we're just going to leave what's going on and then she flashes to joel's uh battered head on the ground and all of a sudden she now wants to fight again so do you think uh do you think something happened in the character's mind there that shifted or am i just reading too much into that no i I agree with that it kind of gives you hope especially as she's cutting her down like ellie cuts abby down and the names are so similar too that it's a it's, it's tough to get that right sometimes. Yeah. So, Ali cuts Abby down. Abby goes to Lev. Yeah, and it's like, you know, and they're walking together. They're going towards the beach. Everything's really hazy there as well. Do you remember? Yeah. The, the sky was not clear at all. It was very bleak. And um, I think that 
that kind of plays in. There's so much, you know, cinematography and and uh, you know all all that media elements um, that really play into it as well. And like, there's really a lot of uncertainty there. Not really sure where that's going to go. And and by the point, by the time you're on the beach, what have you done to really get there? You've done so much as as Ali. You've gone to like that house, and then that house, like on the the guys. I don't know. Ali gets. Uh, caught yeah. in the trap, yeah. and then she follows them, and then, yeah, she goes to the cell where she thought Abby was, and, oh, no, she was the one who tried to escape, so she's getting punished on the beach, and so you're at the at the beach, you're at, like, the end of the world, like, looking for this girl, and you cut her down, and I can I can kind of see that. I was, I was maybe hoping for a choice. I didn't really like where it went, but it doesn't mean you have to not like the game. You know what I mean? Right, like, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Gang, it comes back to the to the thing, and especially with Red Dead as well. It's like, or even Death Stranding to a, to a degree. Like, games don't have to inherently be fun. Like, who says they have to be fun? Like, experiences like this are not exactly enjoyable, and especially at the end of this game, where you know Ellie loses two fingers right and, and, that, and that's the that's the again the final cost is that um she can't yeah. let it go she goes back to fight her again because it it seems like at that point so so in act one it's more about her like emotional need for vengeance i feel mm. like in act three it's not really about vengeance anymore it's that she can't stop thinking about joel right it, it's the focus shifts from yeah her desire, so yeah and i feel like again so that's why it makes a there's a lot of harmony here with the idea that she hasn't forgiven Joel for what he did. And only in learning to forgive, only in understanding why Joel did what he did, is he able to understand where Abby is with her relationship with Lev. And I feel like it's also worth mentioning is that the Abby you confront on the beach is not the Abby that you fought in act two. It's this withered away, um, you know, she's clearly been, uh, a slave it's alluded to when she gets captured that she's probably going to get raped or something like that um so there's there's probably lots of stuff go and again maybe that would have been interesting to go into it did feel like act three was just a little bit rushed in that respect um so mm. but so you said you weren't totally on board with the ending in sort of letting her go i assume uh what would you what, what are your what are your criticisms of that do you have an, an idea of where you would like the story to have gone I mean, yeah. If there's any, if there was any part of the game to really give you a choice, I feel like that was kind okay. of it. Okay. But then giving the giving the player a choice in that moment would have made making a part three difficult, which right. people think could happen. Um, so the choice I would have just loved because of the the very obvious parallels to me between Ali and Abby, and kind of the the sad nature of Ali not understanding why Abby did what she did. I don't think she really ever understood that. I mean, it's probably in a note somewhere. I don't know. But I don't think, from what I understood and perceived, that Allie understood why Abby did that in the fact that Joel killed Abby's dad, right? I think Allie was more upset at Joel for what he did to save her because Allie wanted her life to mean something, right? She said that. She was like... Now that I'm alive and know and you know aware of the what you've done, how am I to go on? What's my purpose in life now? You know I'm immune. Oh great, 
So I'm going to outlive everyone else. Yeah, and there's and this survivor's guilt that that's attached. Yeah, to yeah. But I, 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 I want to. I think. Um, I think it's true though that the two things have to be connected. That her forgiveness for Joel is connected to a forgiveness for Ali because think about the chain of yeah. events. Joel does what he does out of love for Ali and out of a compassion to not let her die needlessly in his mind. So he does what he does, a horrible act of mass violence. That puts in place the events of Abby seeking her own vengeance, so she does. That puts in place the events of Ali seeking her vengeance, which she partially is able to do, but only in the act of finally getting to satiate it, she steps back because... I don't know, I feel like the fact that we flash back to Joel peacefully playing the guitar on that bench that night, I feel like that's no accident. The, the, the scene where... No, no. Yeah. And, and that's the thing. A lot of these flashbacks, a lot, a lot of the pacing did feel intentional and it did feel like it supported the story. Like, yeah, it, there's no there's no coincidence that the flashback to spark Ali's revenge, you know, vengeance again was Joel's battered head. And yeah. there's, no, there's no surprise and coincidence that the thing that gets her around is his kind nature. And, yeah, it's almost like in that moment she finally learns and or just it finally just, solidifies what Joel was trying to teach her. Right, or, or just remembered that she... I mean, it's implied that that was their last conversation, too. So um, mm. I think in a lot of... So this is actually... I didn't mention this, but, yeah, part of my analysis is that she is initially angry at Abby for taking her opportunity to forgive Joel away from her. Yeah. And so, yeah, yeah, I think that plays into the idea that in letting her go and allowing her to be the Joel to Lev, she is accepting that nothing is good is going to come from her satiating this, this desire. And in fact, the only true way to move on was to let go in some capacity and, and mm. she was forced to let go because part of the cost this time, again, yeah, as you alluded to, was losing her fingers and she she could no longer uh, play the guitar. That was, so, that was so brutal, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, can you compare that to really anything else in any other game? I don't know. Yeah, well... It, she brutally it, it, and barbarically, it, like, t- like, bit her fingers off. <laughs> yeah, it drives it home, yeah. It definitely uh, drives home this the kind of raw survival at all costs i mean what would you do right like if someone's choking you i mean would you would are you beyond biting someone are you beyond going the mike tyson route and chewing someone's ears off i don't know Um, yeah (laughs) i I wouldn't keel over and just yeah surrender i suppose who knows if i was abby i would yeah fight back and just are you done kind of thing you know (laughs) and that that's kind of it was gut-wrenching especially having to mash those buttons towards the end of it right i'm sure you you were just like why am I doing this? And oh, yeah. yeah. We should just mention right? that briefly again as well because it, it adds to this, uh, what you were saying about playing with the expectations. The whole fight where you're fighting against Ali was so jarring, like, initially. I think that was, like, as, you, as you're kind of saying, like, actually, the, I just let Ali shoot me a couple of times just thinking, can the story just this, end here? Can I just let... This, just is, like, um, this is, what, uh, in the theatre? Yeah, playing as Abby hunting yes! Ellie was like the most I jarring the same thing. I mean it's hilarious I... that Ellie can't shoot for shit when I'm not controlling her but um that's what you know, <laughs> like yeah. missing no, every I... shot <laughs> I did the exact same thing I um and when I was playing yeah playing as Abby trying to fight Ellie and it's like I, I assumed <laughs> yeah. I assumed we would play as Ellie there 
Yeah, me too. Yeah. For some reason, yeah. And then when when Abby dies, you're like, oh, I I, I actually sat back and was like, oh, cool, I won. And, <laughs> and it's like, oh, checkpoint. <laughs> it's like what? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. nuts. It's nuts. But you know, overall, I do think like I do feel like it's a game that's trying to to narrate a story about karma and you know with oh, yeah. Ali yeah right like so Ali is um, just going to the end of the world to to kill Abby and her karma is bad in the and is actually eventuated in losing her fingers and going back to the farm yep. losing Dina and trying to play the guitar and not being able to. I mean, it's, it was just so heartbreaking. And it seems just like, like though, you know, I, it's interesting. I didn't have a quite a like a sadness at the ending. It was I was definitely I was kind of tired to be honest. It's like it's kind of as you said, it's kind of a draining experience. True. But I don't think the end to me it didn't ring too sad because it seemed like it seemed like there was an acceptance because because she, she also leaves that the house quite you know triumphantly and goes back into the the wilderness i think people have noted as well that she's wearing dina's bracelet so you know mm. it's perfectly reasonable that dina just went back to jackson and so ellie's just going to go back to jackson and find her there um and maybe they have some you know maybe they've maybe they're just hiding i think actually i did see neil Druckmann say somewhere that apparently in the last scene they had um what was the kid's name the baby the baby's toy uh, was was there and apparently they had one version of the ending where ellie grabs the toy right to sort of allude okay. to the fact that like i'm gonna get my family back kind of thing um they took <laughs> it out because they wanted it to be more ambiguous but i think the as you kind of you know stressed before the idea of a part three is totally on the table and uh I would be happy if they did. I think at this point it'd be great to have a trilogy and to, if they continue down the path of being quite brave in their storytelling. I mean, I don't know, it sounds like a lot of people just don't agree. It's it's funny how polarizing something just like a video game is nowadays, but I really mm. do think um, for all of this, for all of the game's faults, it is still like above most AAA games, I would even say, is is probably one of the best story games still. I mean, I could say of the decade and be like a total arsehole because the decade just started. But I will say, I will say of the last decade, I still think this is up there. Is it better than the first game? I don't really know, to be honest. I, I actually never thought the first game was, an, was a perfection like most people did. I would say it's it's more or less on par. I enjoyed it as much. There was, there was rarely a moment of boredom. Right, just constant, yeah. constant thrill, constant immersion in this hellscape, which is physically draining. You feel it, and that's what you're going in for. I mean, the the graphics, the visuals, like the the fact that this thing is. I mean, you have the PS4 Pro, so even better for you. But for me, <laughs> on my fucking thing, it was like a car engine. But that thing, I mean, it looked so good, right? Like, it just seems like the people who are upset about this, the very minor story plot faults and gameplay whatever there's such minor grievances and i wish people put it in perspective and still recognize that this is like a very very high level video game experience that if you're mm. interested in the medium this is this would be something that you 
you would be at your own fault to miss, right? I feel like I feel sorry for a lot of these people who got the spoilers leaked to them all because it feels like they just missed out because like they just didn't get to enjoy the raw thing of it. Um, I don't know. What do you think? Why why are people so polarized on this one? When we we tend to agree pretty much that this is a, another great you know masterpiece out of Naughty Dog. Yeah, yeah. I think. The only way I can really see that people are upset about, I don't know, playing as playing as Abby and, and them forcing you to like her and, like, holding that mindset, I just feel like it's very surface-based and it's like they had their expectations and Naughty Dog subverted <laughs> them yeah. and so I feel, so if I, yeah, and I just feel like I'm upset because I didn't get what I deserved or I didn't get what I paid for. Or something like that, and it, I don't know. It, if you look deeper, like we are, and we're actually thinking a bit more thoughtful about it, I feel like there's no way you could avoid seeing it as a wonderful story, as as just this tale of of a roller coaster, right? Like, I feel like it's such a special Naughty Dog game as well, in the sense that we never really get such a fleshed out story like this. Like they drop the first part, and it's very linear, it's uh, pretty ambiguous towards the end because it's, oh, maybe I should have got another choice there, I didn't feel right and then, you know, they let us stew on that for seven years Yeah. and then seven years later we get this and it kind of just answers all your questions Yeah. and it and it, pre- it presents a story that's just so uh, appealing and intriguing and it ticks all the right boxes and play, plucks your heartstrings and you know, like, talk about the... We haven't even talked about, like, the uh, museum on Ali's birthday. Yeah. And how you're going around there and Joel... You know, and it's really, like, not much going on, but it's this relationship with Joel and Ali, and it pumps the brakes a little bit on the on the thrill. It's not just go, go, go. It's not a fast series. It's not a Call of Duty. Yeah. It's, it's so much more than that. And I think that's what makes it such a magnificent game. Right, and I actually want to agree again with what you said about like the idea that people were so attached to these characters of, of Joel mainly that they didn't find in a, a capacity to enjoy this game at a more deeper level because I actually think the whole point of the first game was it had to be so character-centric because you don't know the world yet. We don't know, you know, we know nothing about where, where we are, but mm-hmm. by the time the second game comes along, I think the world's established. It actually is quite nice to be getting into the more nuanced stories like what would it have been like to have to have been a surgeon and to have some smuggler deliver this child uh who is basically the hope for humanity right we're we're really talking about this level of existential decision making and to have been murdered by this guy like like there is there are as you said like they didn't shy away from answering these questions they built the world up to a more significant degree such that open world elements and you can freely explore and find journal entries and notes and so many raw story elements that they've added and as as you said at the start as well they really know how to play with their own strengths i think naughty dog continuously demonstrate that a self-awareness about their own games because my biggest criticism of 
I think the like early Uncharted games and, and Last of Us One is that they're too reliant on the cinematic storytelling. But I think because they've done it so seamlessly now, both with Uncharted Four and The Last of Us Two, where there is no like, I mean, there are no cuts. I think in the first game either uh, of Last of Us, but it's just done. The gameplay and cinematics look basically the same. It's just done so seamlessly and effortlessly that you are just taken in on this journey. And yeah, it's just it's it just is a little bizarre that so many people feel that it should be one way, and that completely disrupts their ability to just uh, maybe just um, approach the world differently. Because when I approached this game, it was just about like what's new, what like what have they done differently? It wasn't really about being with my favorite characters again it was like what's going to be new in this experience that they exactly that they they didn't do in the first game and so with part three on the line it's not clear that that might that might even be about ellie you know it could be that ellie uh so and i think they're they're entitled to do that that's that's what they have earned in in creating this series they have built a world now that isn't just these two imagine how narcissistic it would be to just continuously follow I mean, I guess that's uncharted for you, but... <laughs> um, yeah, they've done that, though, right? They've, they've done that, It's yeah. almost like they've learned from... Yeah, they've been yeah. there, done that, and they want to tell more intricate, nuanced stories from different... And, and the richness of a world like this as well, like, there are so many stories to tell, right? Um, you know, that's... The cycle yeah. of vengeance that we experience is just one out of probably hundreds of thousands in this world of continuous violence... Uh, and chaos and and resource scarcity and like there would be cycles of violence all over the place right it's just this one we got to experience and so right. people make the criticism that that's just like a a basic bitch theme um yeah maybe but it was executed very well i think you know the, the best stories are always the ones that kind of retell the same archetypical shakespearean st- like kind of feeling but do it in a new way that surprises you and and, and does and, and games are rich for that because not many people are doing it in video games you know it's it's hard to find many games that do it well and even like something like god of god of wars a good comparison you know the new one even then the story there was pretty good but i don't think it even comes close to like the amount of you know emotional significant points where you just felt you just you know you just left feeling like just empty right they really do push the limits of what this medium can do in terms of making you feel uh complex emotions and maybe not everyone is is down for for that i suppose uh but yeah looks like uh that that'll do it i think um in terms of the last of us too so if you have some feedback if you want to give us your thoughts on the game maybe email email us at our inbox matedatespodcast at gmail.com and that's about it we'll see you on the next mate date
One doing. One doing.